Hi, my name is Masajati. Welcome to my podcast, Exponential Intelligence. With me tonight is uh, Crystal Fambrini. Crystal, how are you tonight? I'm fantastic. How are you, Moss? I'm doing really well. Excited, actually. The podcast launch went really well, so I'm excited for that. And I thank you guys for listening in and enjoying it. Yes. And the podcast, episode one, What is Exponential Intelligence? Um, you know, you touched upon your two near-death experiences and yes. we received a lot of feedback and a lot of emails from interested listeners wanting to know more about near-death experiences. Mm -hmm. So tonight we are diving deeper into your near-death experiences and for people listening, you know, what are, what are the takeaways from near-death experiences? Sure. Yeah. Sounds, uh, sounds exciting. Well, it's more than just, you know, a near-death experience. Uh, it, it really awakens you to a whole different reality. Okay, there's a whole different reality that's out there, and we're going to be explaining that through the, the, the two near-death experiences that I've had. So, And you, you get to understand that you're grander than you are. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And what are some other takeaways that listeners will be leaving with after this podcast? One is uh, there's time values. Okay. Controlling time. Okay. Uh, understanding distance, time and distance. Uh, I'm more of a scientist perspective than a spiritual, say, perspective on this. Uh, and, and, you know, if you do have a science uh, perspective on it, you get to understand it a little bit more and then uh, learn it at a deeper level so you can start editing your own life. Okay. Uh, that's one of the things I really learned is that we can or we do have the strength to edit our own lives. Some people think that our life is, you know, we're destined. It's written in stone uh, from the two near-death experiences. It's not. Everything's very dynamic. Everything's very fluid. So we'll get into that. Uh, the grand, the joyous love that we that we have mm -hmm. at, at those higher realms that we can actually say embrace ourselves in this realm once we understand that there's this joyous love. Uh, the fact that there is, you didn't do anything wrong. A lot of us go through lives that, you know, because of this, uh, I'm going to be suffering for the rest of my life. And a lot of people think that because of say X, they're going to be suffering in the afterlife as well. So we're going to be talking about afterlife, what happens in the afterlife. We're going to be talking about this life, how, say, a near-death experience or something similar to that uh, can open you up to your programming abilities or to your, say, magnificent uh, abilities of who you truly are and bring you into abundance. And then after our conversation, you're going to give out the moss work. Yes. <laughs> Homework for our viewers. <sighs> so then we can, and if, if people want to connect on that, they can go to your website, mossajati.com or Facebook page, and we can have an ongoing discussion about the moss work. Yes. This is going to be a little, uh, you might think it's going to be, you might think it's a little freaky or a little <laughs> unusual, this moss work, but it, it, it works. Uh, actually, I was drawn into it myself. So that's why I'm giving you the homework. Uh, by the way, guys, I, I never went to school for this. Uh, it was through the series of near-death experiences. Uh, and it took me about three years to f understand all that and then start practicing on individuals. But some of the things that I did, or actually all the things that I did to get to where I've got, um, that's what Moss work is really a compilation of. So. Beautiful. And then after mm -hmm. the moss work, we get to experience a uh, short meta healing with you. Yes. The meta healing, that's a little interesting for you as well. Uh, and I've done this before and it, it's worked really well. I guide you into a, well, a near-death experience. Uh, it's the safest way to have a near-death near-death experience, by the way, guys. So uh, I guide you into the near-death experience where you can actually see and feel uh, the joy and love that's out there. Okay, without that your is physical very form. intriguing. Yeah. And very intriguing. Amazing. Yeah. Okay, so let's jump into the conversation. All right. So my understanding of what a near-death experience is, is something traumatic happens to you and you actually die for whether a second or a millisecond or a couple minutes, and then you right. come back to life. Is, is that what a near-death experience is? Uh, it actually is. Yes. And, okay. you know, when, when I see people who's had a near-death experience, uh, the way I can tell is uh, a lot of times when they come in, uh, when they come back in, uh, they don't settle properly in, say, position. And that's how I can tell a lot of people who had, say, several near-death experiences. It's like uh, spreading, pay, you know, like a, like a deck of cards if you had 
your hand full of cards, right? And you just spread it just a little bit. You see that striation in, in, in the image that I see for them. And then I can count out how many different layers that they've had. And then I tell them, oh, you've had three near-death experiences or seven near-death experiences or whatever that might be for them. And they go, yes, how did you know? It's like every time they came in, they were, they, they were connected just a little bit off every time. And it distorts wow. them in several different layers. So when people experience a near-death experience, does that bring them closer to pure source? Do they get special abilities from that? Not necessarily. In fact, there's about okay. 800 near-death experiences uh, that happen every day documented in the U.S. So there's probably a lot more, you know, undocumented that happen. But no, m- a lot of children who have near-death experiences, they, they end up committing uh, suicide at a higher rate. So a lot of adults uh, looking at some of the near-death uh, NDE sites that are out there, they have a hotline, suicidal hotline, other types of hotline, because it does distort you. The purity that's up there, if you're not ready for it, okay, if you're not groomed for it, uh, you go up there. It's such a big shock that when you come back down, you know, the density of this world is so thick, you don't want to be here. Wow. Why do certain people, you know, I had a dear friend who t- passed away, who mm-hmm. you're aware of. Um, and he yes. would tell me he had several near-death experiences. Yes. Um, wh- and I've heard, wh- you know, what's with that? Do Why do certain people have several near-death experiences? Well, his situation was a little different, in, in, in that is because at some level he was awakened. Okay? And that's why actually he came to me. Uh, I knew... Somebody, something has happened even before I think you did, uh, or it, it was synchronized. Uh, and the reason being is he, at a deeper level, he wanted to say, get away from the dynamics of the, of the family. Okay? It's almost like a family curse that he understood that he was under. That family curse uh, doesn't go away after you die. And that's the conversation that you and I had um, when he did uh, cross over. He was kind of like waiting for me to help him crossover properly. So people think that a near-death experience is going to say free him uh, from a contract uh, that somebody has signed up, you know, upline, uh, up in their family lineage. In, in that case, uh, other people think having a near-death experience is going to opening them, open them up to a joyous experience, okay? Because they've been there before. They think if they have it one more time, um, they're going to get connected again. Uh, again, it's not having, it's not about having a near-death experience. It's how you're prepared before you have the near-death experience to allow you to open up. So do you have to have a near-death experience to obtain the same results? No, not at all. It is one of the fastest ways if you're prepared. Okay? Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, a lot of times when I do work on people and people really want to send really, really fast, sometimes they go have... Uh, some type of surgery opens up for them where they have to have some type of surgery. So they go in, so they go to a hospital, uh, they go under anesthesia. What happens in anesthesia? It's an effective, uh, efficient way for your say, spirit to say, allow to disconnect from, again, a timestamp, go into, even if it's for a millisecond, disconnect, go into, say, a higher realm, come back uh, with downloaded knowledge or an awareness. So uh, again, people have accidents sometimes. Uh, And I'm not saying all of you are going to have accidents or you're going to go get anesthesia or have surgery or anything like that. But for those, some of those individuals that want to say transform rather quickly, they do that. Other ways of say connecting at that rapid pace is uh, seeing a place of beauty, Uh, looking into say a beautiful child's eyes or somebody that, that you love so deeply, you know, you, un, you look into their eyes and just let them be, especially children, uh, that world will open up for you as well. You don't have to have a near-death experience. Somebody that you love might have a near-death experience and you can experience, say, a similar instance of opening up to those realities because it, it can take you up there. But what I do, you don't have to have a near-death experience, Okay. Uh, the same way I got connected with my abilities, I bring that same, say, process into you without you having to have a near-death experience. That's the important key I want 
I want you guys to understand, you don't have to have a near-death experience to start, say, programming your life like the way I do for you. Okay? So you, t- w- with your two near-death experiences, yes. you really credit those NDEs for helping you have your current special abilities. Yes, definitely I do. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow. So for those that... Um, you know, may not have heard the first podcast mm-hmm. or want to know more about your two near-death experiences. Uh, can you talk about that and let us know Sure. what happened to you? Uh, of course, I'd love to. You know, that first near-death experience, uh, again, the reason why I had it wasn't just because, you know, I wanted to say check out of life or anything like that. Sometimes we have a near-death experience to awaken us, right? To say, prove to ourselves that our life is precious. In my case, I had this thirst for knowledge to say, find that master key that opened up all the realities that could be, or all the possibilities that could be out there for us. Uh, In physics terms, that one key or that one mathematical equation that, um, well, explains life, right? That's what we've been searching for. So, and and that's the point where I was at. I was trying to figure that out because nothing else worked for me, religion, motivation, any other technique, making a lot of money, none of that, none of that stuff really made me feel, say, uh, complete or expansive. And there's a lot of people who make a lot of money, right? Or they have the most beautiful spouse or whatever it might be. They have a perfect job and they're not happy. They're empty inside. And this is the reason why. Um, that first near death, uh, it, I was in college. Uh, I was at a warehouse. I used to unload rail cars, by the way. And um, the product, uh, they had this moving wall inside where, you know, they kept the product in place. Uh, That wall, about half ton, it it was stuck. So I offered to climb up, start pulling while my teammates started to pull up from the bottom. And then all of a sudden this wall just slid across, just gave way. And the thing that stopped it was my jaw. I got crushed between a ceiling member and this half ton moving wall. Um, you think it'd be painful, but there was no pain. I was just, uh, watching myself. Uh, my head was shifted over to the right while my body was shifted over to the left. And I was wondering, it's like, wow, you know, why don't I have so much pain? Because I was really distorted or torqued. And then I realized as I stepped further and further away, I was seeing myself from a mere perspective and I'm going, and this is where it really, really hit me because I started to notice like, well, what am I doing there if I was here? Because I knew there was no mirrors. And then that's when it struck me that I had actually died. And most people think, well, wow, that would be a scary feeling or, you know, that's, you know, anxiety. None of it. The the understanding that I had crossed over uh, released me from, say, the density that we feel here or the density of our physical form. And it just helped me, say, expand to such a great extent. It's like I filled up the whole, say, rail car uh, and, and beyond. And then I floated away. I just totally forgot of my body. I started floating away right through the rail car. I could feel myself go through the metal. I went into this, say, tunnel of light that you've probably heard about. Now, there's different layers of tunnels. The initial layer is where people greet you, your loved ones greet you, and so on like that. Um, uh, I went into the, the level where, where I started to review my life. Now, people say that you review your life or your life flashes by. It really doesn't, but uh, we don't have the mental capacity to say, uh, we don't have the mental capacity to record or remember all that information. For me, it was about 22 years. I lived 22 years earthly time in, say, a matter of a second, maybe a microsecond. How does that happen? So when I reviewed my life, uh, again, how does that happen? How do you live uh, 22 years of life within a matter of a second, maybe a microsecond? Uh, the, the, the notion of time and distance really got distorted for me. And even to this day, it's very distorted. Um, but it allowed me to understand that time is not a constant here, which is very, very important for you to understand. And as we go through these podcasts, you'll understand that what I do or you'll understand that what you will get into is all editing time, editing time frames, or connecting back to certain time frames, uh, deleting and so on like that. Very, very important, say, function 
basically, that's the base function, by the way. Um, after I got done with reliving my story, and some of the key points to take away from looking at my story, I realized that all the mistakes that I made, all the mistakes that I thought I made, I didn't. Everything that I needed to be, everything that I did, there wasn't I could have or I should have done this and oh boy, that was a big mistake. Nothing like that at all. Everything that I did, uh, even say the negative aspects, and by the way, there is no negative uh, at that level. Uh, it was through a space of beauty and love and joy. Okay? Uh, another thing for you religious individuals, there wasn't somebody, say, checking off, say, the parts of your life that, uh, you know, you were good, you were bad, nothing like that. Uh, again, everything was through a space of joy. Everything was through a level of understanding and love. And when I was done, somebody said, or I heard this voice say, it's not your time yet. And I got pushed back in. And even before I got pushed back into my physical body, it was this electrical jolt. It was quite amazing. Uh, and I can still feel it even today. How did that happen? You know, if I was out of my body without, say, my physical senses, right? I got this electrical jolt. I found myself in, uh, inside my body. That's when the pain started kicking in. That's where uh, I started to realize that I was stuck and then they pushed the wall away. Uh, I fell to the floor. The next thing I know, I was in the hospital uh, with my uh, jaws wired shut. So uh, that's that first near death. After, uh, even with my jaws wired shut, everything was so high definition, well, beyond high definition. Uh, anything that I saw, I could start seeing, say, the ripples or the frequencies. I started understanding, like if I looked at some in individual, I'd go, oh, that guy's going to have an accident or that guy's going to have a good day or whatever it is. It's like future vision. Wow. Let's just call it future vision. I started getting future vision and I use that to, well, uh, create a nice successful business for myself. And did you, did you have a lot of people after your first near death experience ask you about the future or kind of start to look at you like an Oracle at that point in your life? No, I actually, I kept it to myself. Wow. Uh, you know, I was always intuitive, so I kind of kept that to myself um, because, you know, when you, especially when you're younger, you know, and you start saying stuff like that, uh, you know, you can see things uh, or you can hear things and all that. People start looking at you weird or funny. Uh, I'm just saying this, guys, if you have kids, you know, foster that because it is really real for them. Uh, there are other realities that you can tap into and you can see. Okay. Uh, or even yourself, you might've been, uh, say tainted by closing that up. So I really kept it to myself. Uh, although I would say, uh, tell, you know, some close individuals, some close friends and so on that, Hey, that guy's going to have issues or something like that. So I'd kind of warn him. But other than that, uh, I really kept it to myself and kind of studied. I'm more of a internal uh, individual. And then when, and then what happened with your second near death experience? Uh, my second near-death experience was in my mid-40s, I believe 2006, 2007. Uh, I was a lead, my lead programmer of my company. I worked uh, quite a bit. Uh, so we decided to go on vacation uh, on a cruise. And uh, we decided on the cruise, uh, we, it was a cruise to Belize, and we wanted to go inner tubing. On the inner tube, uh, it was myself, my wife, uh, my four kids at the time. And uh, it, it looked like a family fun, say, inner tubing trip. And I thought it was. But, you know, when we got to the river and we walked through beautiful jungles, very, very gorgeous, uh, we got to the river. It was very fast, very deep. And I was a little afraid. Um, so at a subconscious level, I made sure that uh, my kids had the life jackets. I tied them up. I double tied them up. Uh, when it came to me, they ran out of life jackets for some reason. So... Um, it's kind of like a calling. Uh, it was it basically, I think it was a really preset for me to have say that second near death experience. Uh, so I can open up to my gifts Un unknowing to me. Okay? Uh, and I say this because a lot of times you have certain experiences that are opening you up or trying to open you up, but then we don't take advantage of them or we don't see them that way. Okay. 
obviously a second near, uh, a near death experience kind of forces you to see things in a different pattern or a different line. So, and maybe that's what I needed, you know, uh, uh, a two by four on the head, you know, we, we got into the river and the guide goes, okay, the river is very fast. So you have to, uh, interlock legs. So you don't get, uh, uh, pulled away. Uh, something happened to me, you know, I did something stupid. Uh, I had to unlock my legs for some reason. And as soon as I did that, I drifted away in one direction. Uh, my family drift, drifted away in another direction. Uh, within less than a minute, I got sucked into what they call a cenotes or a hole in the river. If you can imagine just this big boulder with a hole about a man-sized hole cover. Uh, a man-sized, uh, yeah, a man-sized hole, like a sewer tunnel. Uh, I got sucked into one of those. And, um, you know, I tried to crawl out. I was holding on. I was pushing against the walls with my, with my hands. Uh, and I was crawling out. Um, at the time, I didn't know it. But when I came out, uh, my fingers, you know, my uh, uh, fingernails had been torn off. My back was all bloody. Uh, I was trying to pull out. But I couldn't because the water pressure was so fantastic, so great, um, that I just let go. Uh, I submitted my will. And uh, when I did, that instant that I let go, uh, that's when I saw my body, my physical form float away again. Okay? And then I floated through the water, uh, through the rocks, through the water. And this time I sent it in through the tunnel of light that we normally see. And then I went into the blue, this blue heavenly space. Now this blue heavenly space, most people don't get into. Okay? Most people stay, stay in that tunnel of light uh, for some reason or... Um, I guess the main reason um, that I ascended in was, again, I was groomed to have that second near-death experience. Okay? So when I went into that tunnel of light, uh, ascended into that blue space, uh, and I think in the Hebrew religion, uh, the Jewish religion, they actually talk about that blue space. But that blue space is the level of all knowledge. There is no time, there is no distance at that level. Uh, all you all you feel and all you see is grandeur, a sense of joy, a sense of beauty. Um, at that level, uh, again, you're totally complete. You do not need anything. Uh, you don't need your loved ones, although it might sound kind of cold. You certainly don't need money or security. Um, there's nothing like, you know, at the level that you created, say, your success. It's not about, say, how much you've accumulated you know, in the physical form. It's not about that at all. Uh, what you see is the grandeur of who you truly are. Um, you know, what we focus on is actually less than 1%. The physical stuff that we focus on, the health, the uh, money and all that, uh, again, less than 1%. You get to see the 99% of what makes you up at that level. What happened afterwards is, yes, although you get to feel that grandeur, you get to feel that joy. And the sense of love or the immensity of love that is up there is so strong, we don't even have the capacity to feel that much love at this in the physical form. If you multiply any joyous experience that you've had uh, by about a million times, that's the that that's the level or the intensity of love, and it's very very different than the love that most people have held here. Okay, uh, and I say that, uh, and of course I've never met all seven billion people, but I can safely say that most individuals have never felt that kind of extreme love with no no connections, no distortions, no no ambiguity. It's total pure say love. Um, uh, again, after that, you still feel this consciousness of your physical form or your spirit form because you are more expansive than a physical form. Uh, I transcended even higher. I went into this universal bliss, if you will. I expanded beyond the knowledge of having, say, a physical form. I expanded beyond the knowledge of having a spiritual form. You expanded into, well, a universe of your own. And at that level, all knowledge is there for you, uh, and you're in, uh, again, pure bliss, uh, pure knowledge. There's nothing that you need, nothing that you want, again, but it's a higher form. I really don't know how to explain it because there's really no words to explain that level 
of where you are. Um, something blacked out. I blacked out. It's like somebody just turned off a switch for me. Uh, and then uh, a few short seconds later, I found myself about 50 yards above river. Okay. Uh, 50 yards above river, uh, looking at the inner tube, still trying to get sucked into that hole. Uh, and I start, and I said to myself, I was like, wow, how the heaven, uh, you know, did I get here? You know, if I was down there, you know, logical mind, I'm going, you know, I would have gotten sucked, sucked down river, but how did I get out, you know, here is, is just, uh, it's just quite amazing, even to this day, because there was no, say, mechanical interjection. Nobody pulled me out. And I was complete, other than, you know, the, the bloody back and my fingernails. Uh, I didn't need to be resuscitated or anything like that. Very distorted, disoriented, uh, but nobody had to bring me back to life or anything, um, which was quite amazing as well. If you're going to have a near-death experience, by the way, I'm not suggesting it, but make it quick. Some people have near-death experiences. You know, they want to have cancers or anything like that. You don't have to go through all that stuff. You can make it quick and easy if you're going to have one. Again, I'm not wait, suggesting it, Wait, wait, wait. You just said, <laughs> so, yeah. No, this is interesting. I just have to pause you there because you talked yes. to tons of people all the time. And yes. there are people that want to have a near-death experience and are willing exactly. to go through the pains of cancer to have that yes. experience. Is that... Wow. Yes. There are people who say have cancers. Now there's mm -hmm. different reasons why people have cancers, but cancer mm -hmm. is just say one experience. Uh, some people, you know, have uh, heart attacks or wh whatever to have, say that near death experience. Again, if you're going to have one, make it quick, make it effective, make it efficient. It doesn't matter how long, say you're sick. Uh, that's not the point. It's how long you are disconnected. Okay. And there's different levels of near deaths. There's a, like a near death where you're completely disconnected from your body. Uh, some people have a near, near death where you have disconnect from your body. You know, I, I, I see the differentiation when I tap into people and, and I read their, say, charts or history, if you will. So the, the near, near death is like you have, you almost disconnect, you're halfway out, and then something pulls you back in. So Is a near, near death, does that would in medical terms, would a doctor consider you, like, does your heart stop beating or are you actually dead in a near, near death or? Um, your heart would stop beating, but maybe it, it, it's not, it, it doesn't stop beating long enough to consider you say dead. Okay. So you Got probably it. flatline, but just maybe for, you know, uh, like a half a second or a second or whatever they think that you pass the time that you think you're dead. So. So, yes. you know, your first near-death experience, you said you went past the tunnel of light. Uh, the second one. The first one I went in maybe halfway up where you review your life. Yes. Oh, okay. So the okay. first, you were in the tunnel of light in the, in the first yes. one. Yes. And then, then the second one, you passed through the tunnel of light and went into the blue space. Yes. And at that level, uh, again, the blue space from what I'm understanding and from mm -hmm. the knowledge that I get, and then from the people that, because I work on tens of thousands of people, from my understanding, uh, very few individuals have, say, crossed that threshold into that blue space. And then when you came back after your second near-death experience, mm -hmm. did you instantly change or were you transformed or, or what happened to your abilities at that point in your life? <laughs> I, I didn't know I had any abilities at that point in my life. But when we got back onto the ship, I mean, that's a story on its own. But when we got back onto the ship, I started to see, say, this auras around individuals. I thought it was auras. Okay. Mm -hmm. I thought it, once I graduated, I'd see the colors because basically I was seeing this dirty slate blue color around, say, people. Okay. Uh, I, kept, I kept rubbing my eyes wondering, you know, if I, the, maybe some bacteria in the water or maybe I cried too much because of losing my family and so on. Um, you know, that's kind of distorted my eyes. But when I looked away at the carpeting or inanimate objects, my eyesight was clear. When I look at people, I'd see this slate blue. And uh, again, I, I, didn't, I didn't know what that was. I thought it was the uh, auras, which is actually a physical energy system of the body, low level compared to what I see, at, because what I see is actually your spirit. Okay? Most people think your spirit is inside you. 
you know, where the, what do they say? They were the temple of our souls and so on. You know, they think that your spirit is in your heart space or your solar plex. Uh, not really so. Uh, your spirit is actually around you, about arm's length, all the way around, above oh, wow. you, around you, below you. The hologram that we see is your physical body that we see. Okay. Uh, in religious terms, and I know, uh, again, I'm not religious in any way, but in religious terms, the Father, Son, the Holy Ghost, uh, the Holy Ghost actually is a definition of the human body okay? because it is very holy. So uh, again, on the, on the ship, when we got into the dining hall, that's when amazing things started to happen. You know, just, just like uh, Bruce Almighty, where all the prayers started coming in to, to, you know, to Bruce, you know, and he got crazy. I walked in and I could see everybody's say spirit. I didn't even see people. I saw everybody's spirit and I could see that, Oh, this person has, you know, liver issues. Oh, this person's fighting with their spouse. Oh, this person's, you know, uh, happy or this person, whatever, whatever, whatever say was happening to that individual. I could just pick it up. It was a knowing. It's not like I had a vision or a sense or, um, um, you know, audio, uh, nothing like that at all. It's just like, just, just a knowing just instantaneously. So, uh, I told my wife about it by the way, and she's going, that's okay, honey. You know, it's ha- you've had a hard day. It'll go away, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and it, it kind of simmered down and nothing happened for a few months after that. But then, you know, I was very displeased with my, with my life after that. And it happens to a lot of near death, near deathers, uh, basically. So that's why, you know, I, I, I caution you as after having something like that. Uh, the reason being is because you are at such an enlightened level, you come down here and you see that, you know, some of the stuff that we do just doesn't make sense. Some of the rules in society doesn't make sense. So, uh, in fact, a lot of children who have near death experiences, they have a higher uh, rate of suicide because of that. Right. You mentioned that in the beginning of the podcast. That was fascinating. So um, anyway, once you understand the other side, this side gets a little heavier. The key component that I want you to know, especially because there are so many people who have near-death experiences, it's not to say fear this life. It's actually to understand this life. Okay. You just graduated at a fast level. So imagine that we're in first grade, you have a near-death experience, it takes you to college level. Okay. So that's a big gap of knowledge. And that's why you feel, say, dark, you don't want to be here, things don't, things don't make logical sense anymore, because you see the grander picture of what this life is about. Okay. The key for you guys, again, and this is what uh, exponential intelligence is about, is, say, bridging that gap if you've had a near-death experience or a near-near-death experience, is bridging that gap, bringing it closer, bringing that knowledge that you can access readily since you've had a near-death experience into, say, your physical life. So you can have any, anything that you need. You can have it all, actually. Uh, that's what it's really about. So a lot of people, after they have a near-death experience change and not necessarily yes. for the better because they may be depressed or they may yes. be trying to understand what just happened with them, but they're looking mm-hmm. at life in a new and different way. Yes. And a lot of those people come to you, right? To help process it. Uh, yes, they do. Maybe inadvertently they don't go, Moss, I had a near death and I want to come to you. Uh, right. Sometimes, you know, they come in for other issues and so on, but then I tap in and I go, oh, you've had a near death experience. Uh, and they don't and even then, realize that that's something that's affecting them. Right. Uh, they don't realize that that near death. Uh, and again, it's a time component because when they come back in, they're not packaged quite right. They're just a little off. Okay? And you can, I can see that time distortion in them. And for most of those individuals, time doesn't mean a thing or time is very distorted for them. So if you're one of those individuals, um, you know, that's readily, say, fixable. Uh, with one of the meditations that I do or, you know, a group session or something that we do. Uh, It doesn't take that long to bring you back and set you in place. So you can see people, if you choose that, you can see if someone's had a near-death experience or not. Yes. So have you experienced people who claim they've had a near-death experience and you, you don't see it? Uh, yes, uh, a lot of times. <clears throat> and, and, and that's when I tell them um, that 
they've had like a near near death experience because I can see the difference. Uh, you know, where they didn't completely pull out. Sometimes uh, I call it uh, an honorable suicide, uh, having a near-death experience, because, you know, they want to leave this life so bad and, say, connect to that higher plane uh, that they have like a suicide or they have a suicide attempt that doesn't go right. That'd be considered like a near-near-death or a near-death, depending on how far they separate. So, uh, but the most important thing, guys, is for you to understand if you've had a near-death experience is that the knowledge, it's really for you not to get distorted. Okay? It's really about you understanding that there's that grander knowledge out there for you to, say, funnel into your current understanding of life today to make it more abundant. And, you know, you mentioned earlier in the podcast that you don't have to experience a near-death experience yourself. You could have your friends or a family member, a loved one, go through right. the experience and right. you learn from it. How, how does that work? Could you just explain that a little bit more? Sure. Uh, it's the same instance. When you love somebody so much, you actually live through them. Right? Especially if, say, you love your child so much. Mm-hmm. If they get hurt, fact this happens to me you know uh they're they're always are more say intense i feel it more than they would even right uh or your loved one right you feel it more so when they have a near-death experience time stops um time becomes so present for you um and and even if it's not your near death and then you when time stops you can actually say blend in to say that other person's experience, you see it, say the way I would see it. It's kind of like a recording. It's like jumping into their, say, video. Is that why, you know, on like TV shows, sometimes, you know, if someone's about to die, I've seen this before in some movies, and then, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, then their loved one, they'll cut to their loved one, and their loved one is like, you know, talking, and they're like, guys, something's happening, and they just have this yes. feeling, or I'm sure that happens in, in life, you know, people that oh, are connected with each other time. say that, you know, they knew it was happening, they dropped the phone all or the something time. when that accident yes. happened. Exactly. Um, That's why. Uh, Because you are so connected, even if you're not consciously there, even if you're not there at all, uh, at some level, you're connected to a point uh, that like time stops for you as well. Wow. Um, And you sometimes what happens is that some uh, actually I worked on this woman, uh, her child uh, had a near death experience and uh, it was she she was like a year or two old. um, What had happened? The, the child had a near-death experience and that was her first child. And she pulled in, say, the, that near-death experience and she was facing, something was wrong with the child's neck. Mm-hmm. She had the same issue and I thought it was, she had a kinked neck. And I was explaining in detail what had happened or what's happening to her neck. She goes, no, that, not, that's not me at all. But later on, you know, just a uh, few seconds later, it dawned on her. It's like, oh my God, you're telling me the story of what happened to my child. So she had embedded, say, the memories or that pattern or that frequency, just like, um, you know, muscle memory. You know, when you get into an accident, you tense up. She got into that same form, but it was her child's form that she had, say, absorbed. And she was, say, generating the same frequencies, that same pattern in her. And that's why, well, uh, she had, say, some neck issues. Uh, but again, the memories of uh, was of her child. Wow. So, uh, so, those things are easily removable, mm-hmm. by the way. Once you remove them, uh, you can let go of that time frame or what I call a time loop. And why do you call it a time loop? Um, because you keep creating when time stops like that. Uh, a lot of people, well, well, I I don't want to say a lot of people, but people have a tendency of to say, remember that experience. So that experience like shadows you throughout the rest of your life. She's actually, when I released that, uh, you know, she started bawling and letting go of all, say the pain, whatever that she felt at that time, right. When her child had a near death experience. Wow. Um, what about before people have near-death experiences? Is this something that's planned out or is it just happen or how does that work? 
one well one thing that i understood at that level guys especially mm-hmm. the first near-death experience is that nothing is planned out for you okay uh people think that you know yes i have uh you know my life is written in stone um not true uh you know there's destiny uh not true uh nothing like that it's very very dynamic even your time of death people go well there's a beginning point and then there's an end point for you it's not true at all. You can extend, you can shorten, you can do whatever you need to do as long as you're awakened. Some people say change their destinies inadvertently, unawarely, uh, unaware that they're mm-hmm. changing it. But, you know, it, I think it's the physics second law of motion, basically. There, it's an object. Say, say you're an object. You tend to go in a straight line. You tend to go in a straight path. And we'll get into time functions and so on on another podcast, by the way. Uh, but if you your experiences will go in a straight line. So y- your next experience is predetermined by the experience that you had before. So yes, at some level, you think that your life is predetermined. You know, if you're sick, if you're ill all the time, if you don't do anything, Okay. Or even if you try to do something, those patterns are so ingrained in you that, well, what happens is that you create illness in your future, right? So that's not predetermined. That's not predestined for you guys. It's just that you're not aware enough to change the patterns or that straight, say, linear motion that you've been set in. Uh, You need something like a near death or somebody like me. Uh, I can say, change your course, uh, it's another, say, force that acts upon you, again, like uh, the second law of motion, that changes your course of life. That changes you from, say, that linear pattern that you're destined for, if you will. Wow. So destiny, how I may think of it, like when I say, oh, we're destined for each other, that's not, that's <sighs> kind of very superficial way of what destiny is, is what that you're is superficial way but you know like frequencies tend to Mm -hmm. attract each other so Mm -hmm. at some level you know Mm -hmm. those kind of like frequencies yes you could be destined for each other um and if you are destined for each other by the way uh no matter what happens on the outside world guys no matter what happens no matter how bad it gets or how good it gets if you guys are destined to come together at some level okay uh you will come together if you've created that want or desire at, say, your spirit level. Again, that can be editable, mm-hmm. but most people aren't awake enough to, say, re-edit that. But what about, so you're saying that your destiny is flexible and workable and it's not set in stone, your life. Right. You have a def- default setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, that's another great podcast, by the way, how default settings work. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, or how you come into your life with, say, the parents that you have, the culture, uh, you know, who you marry, the schooling, uh, what age frame, uh, what timeline or what age, you know, what year you were born in and all that. Those are all, say, predetermined at some level. They're not just random for you. Uh, those are the global settings. Uh, and then it's like your behavior patterns and so on is like how wealthy you beget, you become, how happy you are, how, you know, healthy you are and so on and so on. Again, those are all programs that at some level have a default setting for you. Uh, again, that's a whole couple of podcasts. Actually, we can talk about that. But those programs create your destiny. If you if you want to call it, say, destiny, I just call them default settings because we're not awake enough to, say, edit them or change them. So that's why they're default settings. That's why you think the, your life is written in stone. It's not. Uh, tens of thousands of people I've worked on, again, their life changes. You know, what's interesting, I've, you've had, this is just, I just really understood this now, why you had two near-death experiences versus one, because Mm -hmm. you could say you weren't ready for all of the knowledge in the first one. Do you believe that? I totally, totally believe that. The first (laughs) one was to awaken me, to understand Mm -hmm. that, you know, you're grander than the culmination of your experiences, right? Most of us think that, you know, the experiences that we've had, um, not even in previous lifetimes or not the experiences of your family lineage, but the experiences that you've had in this life makes you up. That's your total. You know, if you ask somebody, well, who are you, right? People always go, well, I'm a doctor or I'm a lawyer or, you know, I have, say, this you know, amount of money or I'm a millionaire and so on and so on, right? Or worse yet, I'm so-and-so's spouse, 
you know, they've lost total identity of who they are, right? They have to connect with somebody else. Uh, nobody ever says, or even, even, even people who try to say improve themselves or uh, even scientists, they go, you know, we're humans and we're trying to have a spiritual experience. You know, I see it very, very different. We're actually spirits trying to have a human experience, which totally say, totally is the opposite, very, very opposite of what we've brought up with, what we've experienced, what religion tells us, what society tells us. And in your second near-death experience, mm -hmm. you know, you had told me that you, it, you know, you had a couple years of you called the dark period or the dark days processing all of the knowledge. Yes. To the levels that I say have attained, mm -hmm. there is, there is dark times to be had. Um, no matter who you look at, um, mm -hmm. you know, look at the great spiritual leaders. Um, again, nothing religious, but look at Buddha. He went out, uh, for a few years, right in the woods, came back. That was his dark days. Um, Jesus in all the biblical translations, uh, the devil taunted him, right? Uh, he was actually taunted to commit suicide, jump off, say some temple or some, uh, some roof. Uh, I don't remember the whole story, uh, but to jump off and then the devil say would grant him, um, the kingdom, right? Of heaven and so on. So you do get tempted like that. The reason why, uh, and my detox or dark days, yes, it, and it lasted about three and a half years. But again, most individuals don't have to go through that intense detox because most individuals do not want to say ascend to the levels that I, that I did. Okay. Most people think, yeah, I want to go up to that level. You know, once you give people, you know, enough money or enough, uh, health, wealth, whatever it is, you know, they're pretty happy with where they are and they go, well, I'm pretty good where, where we are. You know, I don't need to go deeper. I don't need to go have more pain. You know, although you might think there's very, very few individuals that say can ascend higher and higher or take it kind of like the Navy SEALs or any of those, you know, there's like what, 15,000 or 1500 people apply, uh, by the end, you know, only get a dozen get recruited and then what, two or three graduate or something like that, something like that, some statistic like that. So it's kind of like that. One thing about the dark times, again, the big key on that is that you have to lose a definition of your physical form or being human. You, you start to understand that your spirit, uh, again, having a physical experience, which is very, very different. Okay? And I know you might understand it conceptually. Uh, once you're in that space and once you experience it, you see it from a very, very different perspective. So after your near-death experiences, what mm -hmm. do you believe is, I guess, the force behind this that, that gave you these abilities? that allowed you to have these, you know, near-death experiences that essentially like made you who you are today? Is there some sort of life secret that you obtained from that? Uh, the, well, I'm not exactly sure what you're asking, hon, but, you know, it's, it's not like an outer power that made me have the near-death experiences. Um, and again, that kind of brings up the subject of, you know, when, when our lives go wrong, People always go, it's like, why did God create this for me? It's like, why did God, you know, and so on and so on. Because that's not true. You have total control of your life. You create your life any way that you need or want to. Okay. You've created the life that you've created. So, um, so there wasn't a force, but at some level, at some spirit, my spirit wanted to say, be enlightened in physical form. And that's why say I had to have the near death experiences. Beautiful. And I've also heard you talk about, you know, in this podcast, you said the love was just times a million of what you experience yes. here yes. on earth. Yes. Uh, and, and that is actually the key or the secret. You know, if you ask me, it's like, why am I so potent? Why are my abilities so potent? Uh, you know, you can boil it down. And I know I don't talk about, you know, love a lot and so on like that. Uh, actually, that's a byproduct. But it is because I have unconditional love for the individuals I work on. Uh, I see you at your spirit level. I see you for your potential or your spirit that you that you truly are. You know, I don't see that. I do see the baggage. I do see the distortions. Uh, but again, I see the grander you. Uh, and again, that grander you is the same grandness that I am or anybody else's. 
we are all at that level, say the purity, uh, and we're all pretty much the same, really. Beautiful. So, Moss, it's time for the Moss work. <laughs> like I said, Crystal, this is going to be, or it's going to sound funny, or you're going to go, you know, how is that going to help me? Mm-hmm. Okay. But hear me out and just just do it. Okay? <laughs> you'll see. You'll see the effects. And and this is what I used to do. I was drawn in, and this is Moss work for you uh, for the for, till the next podcast. Is that you sit somewhere quiet. Okay. Somewhere where you're comfortable. If you want to meditate, you can meditate and just stare at your hands. Okay. Uh, you don't have to just, uh, just stay, keep them at one spot. You can move them around, but start to say really, really say just like a scientist would, right? Uh, notice all the details of your hands, the fingers, start blending into say what's on the inside, all the muscle structure, the nerves, anything, all the details that you, that you see. Okay. Just notice again, all the details, the details of the details okay? for five minutes or 10 minutes. Uh, I bet a lot of you would get lost. Okay? Like I did. I spent like a half an hour, an hour, actually what, what happens. Okay. And the benefit for you is that, you know, most people think that the universe or what they need is outside of themselves. It doesn't, it brings you to understand that anything that you need is inside of yourself. Once you understand, say, the vastness of the universe that you are, okay, just noticing your hands, I mean, that's uh, compared to your vision or your ears or your brain, you know, um, that's really like child's play, The say, the mechanicals of your hands. But once you start to understand, say, the simplicity, or I wouldn't say the simplicity, but the universe that's just in your hands, you start to see the grandeur of who you truly are. You start to see the beauty of your life here. Uh, and you start to understand that you are here for a reason. You just weren't thrown here by mistake. Okay. So ladies, it's not about staring at your <laughs> fingernails and noticing you need a manicure. <laughs> uh, no, nothing yeah. like that at all. No. No, Pass you that. go beyond that stuff. Yes. Beautiful. Yes. Awesome. Uh, all right. Well, I look forward to doing the moss work. And yes. for people that would like to share about their experiences, they can go onto the Facebook pages, onto your website, mossajati.com, and share with us how the moss work, what they learn from the moss work. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear about that because, again, it sounds like a crazy uh, uh, homework, moss work for you. But once you do it, uh, you know, share it. See how much it opens up for you. Sometimes the simplest things are the most powerful. Yes. So true. So true. All right. Well, thank you for our Moss work. And thank you for talking with me today about near-death experiences. Well, thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Should we jump into the meta-healing? Yes. I'm ready for my near-death experience. <laughs> and I'm sure people listening are very curious about this as well. This is going to be exciting. Again, uh, just, as a, just as a note, guys, uh, I've done this before with a large group and most people did feel it. Some of you who don't feel it, it still works on you, but you've got layers to peel away before you feel it. But again, most of you guys will feel it. So, so let's just jump right in. Uh, this would be about 10 minutes. Okay. And again, sitting, standing, lying down, preferably standing up just to break you free from anything that you've done before. Any meditations just to break you free from say, even the definition of what a meditation is. Okay. Beautiful breath in as you get comfortable. Again, sitting, standing, lying down. Please don't drive or... or listen to this while driving. Just kind of noting yourself as I generate those frequencies that allow you to, say, have that near-death experience. A safe, say, adventure of a near-death experience, all you need to do again, is take that safe breath in. Nice and deep, inhaling through the nose. Remember, nice low four count, holding it for a second or two, exhaling through the mouth. Nice low four count. Okay, trying to come, uh, come into our body, perhaps noticing their neck, the throat, the chin. Very, very nice. 
Another deep breath in again. Wondering as we uh, hold and then exhale. How many other people are listening to this podcast at the same time? Or will listen to this podcast? Since we are working in a dimension of no time, no space. We can connect all those other individuals, okay? Create a mastermind. A mastermind allows us to go further faster. It's a higher definition of who we are. Just like that helping secure hand. Pull us out of any ruts that we've created. Push us through any blocks that we've created. Opens up different realities. Beautiful breath in again, nice and deep. On the exhale again, asking ourselves, how do I connect to pure source even stronger? Whether you understand the question or not, doesn't matter. Again, how do I connect to pure source even stronger? There we go. Noticing your breath. Noticing your chest space, the collarbone. A sternum right into your solar plex. For those who've had a near-death experience, a near-near-death experience, who've uh, experienced somebody else dying, Let's go ahead and remember or go back to that time. For those of us who haven't, again, just focus in from your collarbone down to your solar plex where the ribs meet. As we understand how our, say, body functions, our spirit functions to create our body. This might be a little advanced, but still, most of you will get it. And noting your body, noting the perimeter of your body, your skin. And then sensing around you. About arm's length out. And again, many people are new, but let's see if I can just help you say feel that heaviness perhaps for you or that lightness or just an awareness that there is something beyond your body, which I call your spirit. Again, arm's length out. not feeling it, just forget it, and then it'll allow you to feel that expansiveness that might be coming in. Some of you might be feeling more expansive, some of you might be feeling taller, grander, whatever it is that you're feeling, note it. Some of you might be feeling heaviness coming over you. That is your spirit.
So sensing your body and then sensing that expansive space around you that's formed, for most of you anyway. For those of us, uh, again, who don't feel it, you know, there might be a delay for you. The effects are still there for you. Okay? All you need to do is again sense your body, sense that expansion around your body, and it'll help you prepare that disconnect between body and spirit. It might be just for a second, maybe a millisecond, maybe a few seconds long. Whichever length of time doesn't matter. Since we're, t we're taking you into a realm of no time, no distance, that could be an eternity, that millisecond for us. For those who've had a near-death experience, again, you might be feeling very, very different. Perhaps a new understanding of that experience. For those of us who haven't, as I continue to work on you on the blueprint level, your higher self level, and noticing your body, perhaps a little lighter a little more transparent. As your spirit starts to envelop your physical form, and as you start disconnecting from the linear time, breath in, on the exhale, starting from zero, counting up to ten, and by ten, totally disconnect you. Zero. One. Again, noting your body, some of you uh, dis disintegrating already. Two. And if you're not noted as well, three. Four, setting higher, becoming more transparent. Five. Six. Seven. Getting ready to disconnect. Eight. Nine. And then totally disconnecting or deleting your body, even if it's for a second. Ten.
noting how you're feeling. Ascend even higher. Just because we can. Experiencing, say, that the joy, the beauty, creating those frequencies around you now that you're free right, from your mental or physical capacities. Again, let's help you generate those frequencies of love, pure bliss, if you're not feeling it already. Breath in again. As we come back, get noticing the density of your body. Noticing your hands, your arms, your shoulders your upper torso, your head, your lower torso, your legs, your toes. There we go. Noticing your breath. Taking that nice deep breath in as we end. On the exhale, still staying connected to pure source through more awakened more enlightened spirit. Feeling relaxed, refreshed, expansive perhaps. If it is a detox for you, okay, you might feel a little disoriented, a little distorted. That's good too. Thanks for being on the call, guys. I uh, look forward uh, to speaking with you on the next podcast.